June 17th, and you're listening to the Uprise Daily. This is a grassroots effort from activists around the country to compile information about the protests that have been happening in the wake of the police murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Our work is by no means comprehensive, and it's all done on a volunteer basis. That being said, here's what happened yesterday on Tuesday, June 16th. In Los Angeles, California, hundreds gathered downtown to demand no more police in local school systems. The Los Angeles School Police Force is the largest independent school police department in the U.S. Over a dozen different daily protests throughout the region continued into the third week, including in Palmdale, where Robert Fuller was found lynched June 10th across from Palmdale City Hall. Palmdale City ruled it a suicide and declined to investigate, despite calls from the Fuller family for an investigation. In St. Petersburg, Florida, on the 17th consecutive day of protest, a small afternoon march of a couple dozen and an evening march of around 100 took place, tying up traffic throughout the downtown. During the afternoon march, a pickup truck belonging to a local window and door company drove through the crowd as it marched along First Avenue North. No one was injured. There was no visible police presence. In Atlanta, Georgia, despite rain, protests continued with several marches and demonstrations happening downtown. A large group of protesters gathered at Stone Mountain, home of the Confederate equivalent to Mount Rushmore, and called for the removal of the Confederate memorials and etchings on the mountainside. Over the past two weeks, nearly a dozen officers have resigned. In Albuquerque, New Mexico, following a Monday protest calling for its removal, the city of Albuquerque removed a Juan de Onate statue located in Old Town. Monday's events ended when a protester, Scott Williams, was shot by Steve Baca, a counter-protester believed to be part of the New Mexico Civil Militia. Baca, former city council candidate, is in police custody and has been charged with aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Local police collected 13 guns and 34 magazines from other members of the New Mexico Civil Militia. Further investigation of the incident is underway by the New Mexico State Police with assistance from the FBI. A candlelit vigil was held for Scott Williams in Tigway Park on Tuesday night. Mayor Tim Keller called for the New Mexico Civil Militia to be labeled as a hate group. In Albany, New York, a hundred people gathered in front of the city courthouse in support of a black couple who were pulled from their car, beaten, and arrested earlier this month. The crowd marched to the DA's office where a police car hit a protester while driving through the crowd. The protester was not injured. Later in the night, a group blocked a busy intersection near the police station. A local counter-protester was arrested for bringing loaded assault rifles to a Black Lives Matter rally last weekend, and he was found to have ties to the local Minutemen militia. In New York City, Barclays Center and numerous police precincts had a heavy police presence and metal barricades. Today, Wednesday, Black Lives Matter popular uprising activities continued in ongoing demos at Barclays, McCarran Park, and Washington Square Park. In Portland, Oregon, for the 19th consecutive night of marching, a large group of demonstrators took over the Fremont I-5 
5 Bridge. Organizers gave speeches and held a rally on the bridge. At the Justice Center downtown, another group of protesters gathered and multiple people were hit by a car. The driver was arrested and the protesters were taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on the 16th consecutive day of protests, dozens of silent protesters organized a vigil in front of City Hall for Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Remy Fells, and dozens of other murdered black individuals. Organizers wrapped duct tape around dozens of trash bags so they would resemble body bags and laid them on the ground in front of the building, chalking the names of victims of police brutality and white supremacy beside each one. Five sanitation workers who attended a rally on June 9th to call for PPE and hazard pay during COVID-19 were retaliated against by the streets department. This is also the fourth day of several dozen white demonstrators surrounding a statue of Christopher Columbus on South Broad Street. The mayor has ordered the statue to be covered with a wooden box until public comment period on the fate of the statue is completed. Several local news outlets have reported observing Black Lives Matter counter-protesters and spectators threatened and physically assaulted, and journalists harassed by those defending the statue. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, now in its third week of protest, a youth-led march brought a few hundred people downtown to rally against racism and police violence. They also denounced the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette for their recent discrimination against two black employees, reporter Alexis Johnson and photojournalist Michael Santiago. In Nashville, Tennessee, activists who had been occupying space outside the state capitol made it inside during a legislative session, calling from the balcony for their voices to be heard. State troopers took them out of the chamber and three of them were arrested, including Justin Jones, who is a prominent activist in Nashville for disrupting a meeting, resisting arrest, and assault. Jones says that the charges of resisting arrest and assaulting an officer were false and said that there were multiple witnesses, including state lawmakers, that know what actually happened. Also in Nashville, hundreds of protesters gathered outside of Nashville City Hall as the Metro Council came together to vote on the 2021 budget. Some revisions were made to increase money to schools, but funding to the police remained intact. In Seattle, Washington, the last few days, safety issues have been at the forefront of discussions between the fire department, CHOP residents, and representatives of local businesses. An agreement was reached that changed the shape of the CHOP zone on Tuesday morning, with barricades being moved and then reinforced to allow traffic to move through the area. Pressure continues to rise in Seattle as residents demand that the local transit department and the University of Washington end their relationships with the Seattle Police Department. That's all the news we could compile for June 16th. For transcripts of the episode, plus an interactive map, go to uprisedaily.com. If you found this episode helpful, please consider sharing to help us spread the word. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, stay safe and power to the people.